pull over, lean in. It's time for the Soft Shoulder Podcast. I am your host, Danette Relic of Radical Creative Sanctuary, inviting spaciousness for your mind and your heart. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. The Soft Shoulder is your time. Your time to slow down and fuel up on self-love support so you can make the most of your gorgeous life. Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. There's a podcast I subscribe to. I had forgotten that I subscribed to it because there hadn't been any new episodes. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) Remember me, I haven't forgotten about you. But this podcast popped up in my, you know, on my phone. And she announced the host announced that she had taken um, an unexpected and unannounced break. (laughs) And as I was listening and washing my dishes, I thought, Oh, I'm doing that too. Maybe I should not announce it. I mean, it's a little late, but I wanted to connect before the year was over. Every single time I came to record, which was like many times this fall, I just kept getting this little voice inside of me that just said, nope, no, honey, nope. It was just short. It wasn't like a rambling voice. There wasn't a lot of big reasons. In fact, it was confusing because... This is something I love. This is one of my favorite parts of my work, in fact, is recording the soft shoulder for you. But I knew to trust this voice. How did I know to trust that nope? Um, I think this is a question we all come across from time to time, including myself, right? How do I know when this is intuition, when this is my self-love voice coming, protecting me, guiding me? When is this my inner wisdom? And when is this some kind of like slippery little saboteur voice? When is it fear? When is it something that's holding me back, keeping me small, keeping me shut down? The only person who can answer that question, of course, is you on a case-by-case basis. When this little nope voice came in, I just, I could feel it in my body now after a lot of practice. Uh, doesn't mean it, I still don't get thrown. But in this case, I was like, oh, okay. That's the voice I trust. That's the voice I trust. How is trust built? It's repeated action, repeated demonstration of trustworthiness. This is taking a risk. I've taken many risks listening to my intuition when I wasn't sure and then seeing in hindsight, only in hindsight, oh yeah, I knew, I knew then, I knew what the answer was, whether I actually followed it or not. (laughs) But looking backwards, I would be like, oh yeah, I had a feeling, I had a feeling I shouldn't go to that thing. I had a feeling I should have said yes to that. Okay, okay. And so it's just listening again and again, and doing your best to um, to take action according to that voice, right? But it's a real trial and error situation. One of the tips, the hot tips <laughs> that I was counting on in this, in this particular case with the nope 
don't record, was that this voice was just certain, it was calm, and it wasn't trying to convince me. It wasn't giving me this big list. It wasn't like on a law drama giving a big you know speech at the end. Like it, it, it wasn't trying too hard. It was very confident and it wasn't trying to scare me either. It felt kind. It felt firm, but it also felt kind. Mysterious, absolutely. But there was just something where I recognized it. And it's been happening for months now. And I keep coming back and I keep hearing that, nope, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Because over time, I've learned that I do have inner wisdom. That I know what's right for me, that I get some kind of hit, some kind of vision, a sense feeling of how to navigate my life in the kindest way possible. It's not something like it's, and it's mysterious, right? So I also, I think um, part of why I can trust this voice and why this voice can speak more clearly to me each time is because I'm not making demands of that voice either. I'm not asking for proof or guarantees that everything is going to be fine because there is an element of mystery to life in general. Um, Sometimes wanting to hear our intuition clearly can be a way where we want to control it. (laughs) I just got to listen to my intuition and I want to guarantee that my intuition is going to give me what I want, what I need. I'm going to be okay. That's not really how it goes. It's not really the energy. At least it's not for me and mine. <laughs> I don't think my intuition likes that, <laughs> that kind of dynamic. <laughs> so I cut it out as much as possible. But so I've been going through this, a little sense of retreat, a little sense of nothing's really wrong. But I'm getting this very strong message to pull back, to go a little quiet, to reflect, to take stock, to look around, to assess the landscape, you know. And this person whose podcast I listened to was doing the same thing. And I will tell you, I have received several newsletters (laughs) from other people who were like, oh, it's been a while. I haven't reached out. And of course, you know. (laughs) This is always such a good reminder, right? If you are someone who has a newsletter, you, you assume that people are just like waiting <laughs> and counting and wondering where you're, you are. But most people are just focused on their own lives, right? So I've had a few of those, those apology, this is where I've been. And um, actually, a lot of them weren't that apologetic. They were kind of, you know, just letting you, giving you a heads up of where you've they've been. But also the same thing, that they would describe some version of this intuitive feeling of that they just it was time to pull back it was time to get a little quiet it was a time to listen instead of produce instead of projecting and I just I find that interesting I like that I like looking around and seeing oh like seeing the pattern seeing that there's other people saying the same things feeling the same things Um, so I wanted to share that first of all in case you are also with me with us The people who feel this, I don't know what this is. I just want to get a little quiet. I just want to look around. I want to assess the situation. And I want to just zone out a little bit. I want to stop hustling. But it's not coming from, in this particular case, 
in this moment, in, for me, it's not coming from a place of burnout. I've done that before where it's like, okay, I got I to gotta rest. I got to heal. This is something different. Um, there's been a lot of healing actually in the last year. There's been some milestones reached, in fact, from you know what all started out with the brain injury and how I've been managing the prolonged symptoms since. There's been some definite, exciting milestones this year. And I invite you to think about things in your life right now that maybe you used to think weren't going to be possible or that used to be really difficult that maybe you're taking for granted. Could be, you know, you've come a long way and you've healed from something Um, or just, you know, a form of abundance in your life that you've gotten used to that you weren't used to before. Um, Wow. I just wanted to remember so that I wouldn't take it for granted that this year, actually on my birthday, I dared (laughs) to to go somewhere where there might be a little bit of noise. And I dared invite a small little handful of friends who have known me for a very long time to join, to celebrate. So a very small party. And I have not done that in like well over six years. And the reason why I haven't done that was because of the brain injury. I couldn't go places where there was noise or lots of people or any kind of chaos. At that point, even coffee shops, if there was a squeaky chair or a loud child, it would be like really difficult. I'd have to go home and rest and recover from an afternoon in a coffee shop, even something that was kind of quiet. So going out in the evening (laughs) where there was music, where there were burlesque dancers going out where we'd have to raise our voices to talk to each other, um, to manage more than one conversation. Like all of these things felt impossible, would cause me so much pain. And I didn't know when the concussion symptoms just persisted and I realized I was in that category of people for whom a concussion doesn't just heal in a couple of months. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if I would ever be able to plan a party. Also, even planning, like not knowing if I was going to have a migraine that day, what my energy was going to be like that day. It had been so unpredictable. And the good, quote unquote, good days uh, were very few and far between. But this year, it's the bad days that are fewer and further between. And so I could take the risk to plan a small party. The chances were way higher that I was going to be able to tolerate it. And the chances were much higher that I would be able to recover from the evening in much less time than would have taken me before. And I was right. And I was overjoyed, (laughs) just completely overjoyed with this. And now, of course, it's opening me up to, wow, okay, so that's possible. I wonder what else is going to be possible. I wonder what else I'll be able to tolerate. I wonder how much stronger I can get next year. I have finished my book, Crash Bloom. Today, in fact, like a few hours before putting this mic on, I sent the very last correction (laughs) to the publisher. And essentially, you know, once that's corrected, I will see it again one final time. And that will be the time where I say, okay, great. It's actually done. No more back and forth. So this is where I'm at. And I've been thinking so much about of celebrating this. I've been working on this book for 
well over a decade off and on. It was so close to being finished right before I hit my head and got the brain injury six years ago. So that added <laughs> a large chunk of time. But of course, when you when you have a big accomplishment like this and when you have a book that you're excited to share, I wrote this to help people, to help guide them through breakups in a way that I wanted to be guided, in the way that I guided myself. Um, I love this book. And I started thinking about like, I don't know if I could launch this. I don't know if I can have a any kind of gathering <laughs> at all. Um I wasn't sure what I'd be able to do. And I'm feeling a little more confident that I will be launching Crash Bloom in my own way in little waves and ripples and things. I haven't fully decided how it's happening. The book should be out. The plan is for it to be available for you to purchase in February. Um, and I'm really excited and really hopeful for... Um, the energy that I may have to, to, to show up for this book and share it with you in the way that I would most love to. So this little voice, this thing that was slowing me down, it wasn't fear and it wasn't like exhaustion. There's something important. There's I feel like I'm at a, a turning point, a pivot point. Something's going on and it's time to reassess and reevaluate and take a look at all the beautiful things and lay them on the table and rearrange them. <laughs> so this is all like my work, how I live, what I offer you, how I offer that, um, all of those things. I'm doing a lot of reflecting on and being very patient because of course, when you're at a crossroads like this, when you're in between things, oh, it's so uncomfortable. The in-between is so uncomfortable, right? Um, if you finish a job or you're let go from a job or something like that or you're in between I understand the impulse to want to quickly as fast as possible find something else being out of work and not knowing where your work is going to come from is very stressful on a survival level and also just on an emotional level right and it's so hard to remember in that moment but it's kind of like you know, people who are single and think they'll never find someone again and they hate being single. And then the moment they meet someone and they're in a new relationship of some kind, they miss their single days. Oh, because they didn't know. They didn't know how short that time was going to be. If you're somebody who is looking for, let's say, a love partner and you're hoping to like grow old with that partner, like you want some kind of really long-term thing, that means on the timeline your single years, it might not be that long at all, right? And so you want to like imagine, I imagine this anyways. I was like, I try to do this to get some perspective, to feel a little bit less <laughs> graspy in the in-between. As I imagine a version of me way in the future where everything works out. And it's like, what will I wish I had done in that two months that I didn't have work? What would I wish that I had done in that nine months, three years that I was single, that I had this particular kind of freedom that I don't quite have in the same way anymore now that I've decided to be in a partnership, you know? The in-between is so uncomfortable. And even though I can remind myself that and I can remind you to like enjoy the in-between, 
<laughs> it's so much easier said. So I wonder if it would help you to look back on a time where you were in between things, where you didn't know where the next thing was coming from. And what do you wish you would say to that younger self, or that former self? You know, if you had a summer where you weren't employed and you spent the entire time so stressed about it, complaining and, you know, like looking up jobs that were terrible fits for you and just stressing yourself out. When you look back and you say like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, then, you know, I met that person and then I got that gig and then like or I went back to school or like something happened in the fall. <laughs> Don't you wish that maybe you'd spent that summer I don't know, reading fantasy novels and like going for long walks or like just doing something other than panic. Of course, it's so much easier in hindsight. Anyways, so this is sort of like a just touching base. Um, I don't believe there'll be another episode um, in 2023. So this will be the last of the year, but I do plan on coming back. I am not done with the soft shoulder. And... If you are in any kind of in-between, I just want to send you so much love, a little bit of humor, know that you're definitely not alone, and I remind you that there's a little part of you that knows. There's a little part of you that maybe if you can access it, maybe you can't quite hear it just yet, but there's a part of you that is kind and loving and that can help you navigate this in-between time. If you did know that everything was going to be fine, what would your future self say to you now? How would your future self wish that you had spent this time knowing that everything ends up being just fine? Because Here's one thing I can guess very strongly. <laughs> You've been through some shit. I have a feeling that your life hasn't been super smooth all the time. I think that you have survived things that are a lot more uncomfortable than this moment right here. I think you've done it with grace and humor. I think a lot of the challenges in your life have made you the incredible person that you are. And you will get through this too. So remember that this is not, <laughs> you've handled worse. You've handled more challenging times. You've survived every single one up until now. That's like, you know, a pretty good track record. One of the things um, that I used to do a lot was um, speak to myself. That was one of the ways that I would kind of tap into my intuition. And... Suddenly, even that changed. Even the way I was, I was, you know, connecting with myself, going for walks, um, and and speaking and hearing my voice and talking to myself in the ways that I did. Um, I was even getting a nope from that. So I'm feeling very humbled by this. I don't know what this is exactly, um, but I'm I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm going. I'm still going for walks. Um, I used to go for morning walks and I'm going for very late walks <laughs> and I'm just listening and I'm reaching out for some help and 
I'm letting things get a little weird over here. <laughs> and while I've been doing all of this, um, I wrote, so I, I read my birthday was December. So it was just recently. And I read my recent birthday letter. And I absolutely love this practice so much. I know many of you have picked it up and do your own versions of it. Um, I'm really, I did a workshop this past year, actually, I think it was February, where I ran a live version where we created our first ones together. I would love to do another one of those. Um, but this, this practice of writing to myself every year on my birthday or just after my birthday and then opening it the following year, it's, it's so humbling because there's so much time between the letters. I never remember what I've written and when I come back, the more I've done this year after year, I have quite a bundle of letters now. Um, it reminds me that life goes on. It reminds me that I've been okay. It reminds me that things can change very quickly year to year in ways that are both like incredibly joyful and incredibly heartbreaking. In this bundle of letters, there are a lot of heartbreaks. There's a lot of loss. There's a lot of joy. There's a lot of accomplishment. And even over the past six years with the brain injury, I was thinking about what I'm going to write in my letter this year. And I had so many wonderful things that I, w I knew I would include. This book, of course, Crash Bloom is a huge one. <laughs> I keep thinking every year, this will be the year. And like, this really is the year, <laughs> finally. I'm so grateful for it, but I look back at, you know, six years ago and how I couldn't really function and how much pain I was in. And, you know, if I'd gone back in time and said, hey, it's going to be six more years of this, I, I wouldn't have liked hearing that at all. But as you know, time can really fly. And when I look back now, the, the, the gratitude, the appreciation, the pride, the, the joy, the hope, the excitement that I'm feeling, all that I've learned too has, is like from that experience is very valuable to me. I wouldn't trade it. And I'm so grateful to be here. I'm just so grateful to be here celebrating this. So I started making a list, an inventory list um, of all the things I'm grateful for and proud of in all of these different categories of my life. Work was a major one because I've had a lot of milestones um, and and I feel like I'm just 2024. I'm very I have no idea <laughs> what it's going to hold, but I'm very excited about it. And so I started with the category of work and then, you know, you have your regular your categories of life. You can make them up. Um, could be just one or two or three main categories where you feel like it's been like where you've been growing or that feel have the most significance in your life, work, relationships, health and well-being, home, finances, personal growth, um, fun, you know, creativity, whatever. Relationships, I've broken into three categories, of course. Um, family, friendship, love and romance. And I was just taking stock of all of the things that are presently in my life that I'm grateful for, uh, that I worked for, that I have been, if I wasn't working for it, that I allowed myself to receive it. And it was incredibly humbling. And this, you know, 
some plants flower every year and some don't. So not every year, you know, I think you will have like, there's always something to be thankful for if we look for it. And I know that this list, I, I would, wouldn't have had this list last year. Uh, this, this is a list that needed a little bit of time. This is like fruit that needed some ripening on the vine. Um, and it was just the time to make this list. Um, anyways, it was, it was really beautiful to read it. It was really beautiful to reflect on the incredible things that happen even while other big disappointments and changes and challenges were happening, right? Um, they live together. All the notes live together. The, the, the light, the shadow, the base, the whatever, you know. <laughs> the base and the, what's the other thing? You know, you're yelling it at me. Anyway, um, so I'm not going to give you any kind of assignments um, about year-end reflections. I would just offer you that if you're feeling pressure, if you're ever feeling like you have to do this as an obligation or that it's something kind of stressful, uh, to reflect or make a vision board or do any of these rituals, you can always take a break. The whole point of these things is to do it for you because it feels good, because it's rewarding for you. And if you, what would be rewarding for you is to just forget about that for a little while, to relax, to drop a few balls. I'm a big fan. I'm always giving people permission to drop balls, <laughs> to take it easy. Um, it's amazing, right? Because they just keep coming, right? Things that we could be doing, things that we need and want to do that they keep coming towards us. So that letting go, it's like decluttering your home. You do it once, but things come in, right? You get mail, you get gifts, you like something happens. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you got to, you have to do it regularly. You have to do another sweep. You have to escort things out of your home <laughs> if you want to maintain whatever state it was that you got to when you did your initial decluttering, right? It's not like things aren't going to move around. Life is alive. Things are going to happen. So you will have plenty of time to vision whenever you feel like doing it. But dear listener, one of the things I'm so incredibly grateful for is of course you. Um, I wouldn't be, you know, <laughs> this wouldn't be a podcast if there weren't listeners. Um, I thank you so much for tuning in, for spending your very precious time with me. I thank you so much for the feedback that you give, for the thanks that you give when an, an episode really hits you, uh, for when you do notice that there hasn't been an episode. Sometimes I get an inquiry <laughs> and it is nice, of course, to know that the soft shoulder has been missed. Um, thank you for just being here, for being yourself for doing what you can to be a little bit gentler, to be a little kinder, to be more loving to yourself. I really think that that makes the whole world around you such a better place to be. Um, so when you do that work for you, you're doing that work kind of for all of us. That's not the point, <laughs> but it ripples out. It ripples out and we can feel it. And it's so challenging to do that when you get a lot of messages um, about self-love being something that's selfish or wrong or ungenerous. I think it's a very generous thing to do. Um, so thank you. Just thank you for being here and being you. And yes, I wish you just a beautiful close to the year. 
And I wish you a really wonderful 2024. Um, I don't know what your hopes and dreams are for the year. I know that there's a lot of, you know, there's always a lot going on. I don't know. <laughs> um, there's always a lot going on in the world and in our lives that is difficult and overwhelming and sometimes feels so impossible. And so, you know, to hope and to wish and to want, these are radical things, bringing forth beauty into the world and love into the world and creation into the world. Um, It's not nothing. It's not frivolous. Um, It's really important. And um, I'm just grateful that you're doing that. And I'm grateful to be doing it along with you. So much love to you. You are someone worth loving. Of course, it all starts with you. Thank you so much for being here and for being you. Ah, And we will talk to you 